Bucks got all the right steps in Charleston. They now can try their slipper and see if it fits at the big ball. East Tennessee State Buccaneers, they're dancing, boys and girls. Hunter Perea lays it up. 1.4. Perea hits it. The pass is caught. Ready for the game winner. Wide left. Bucks win. Nucky spotting for three. The place is going to erupt. Oh, Deuce Bellow. He's going to make Sports Center with an incredible. Jarvis Jones, the game winner, got it. Ball game. East Tennessee State's going to leave on another. They got him. If he catches it, it's over. Ball game. Touchdown, Jawan Stinson. 25 yards. J.J. German for the win. He got it. J.J. German and the Bucks have shocked the Bulldogs. And the sidekick. Say hello to my little friend. What's your name, man? I told you. It doesn't matter what your name is. You're handsome. You have the perfect amount of scruff. And you still have no talent. It's Sandos and the sidekick on the Buccaneers Sports Network. Scruffless. Good. You are not Scruffaluffus, I guess, whatever his name shave is. It now. Yeah, no, what is wrong with you? That looks weird. I don't, I don't, I don't I like, like change, yeah. right? I don't like change, and you're throwing me off here. I had to shave twice to get it all are you, off. Are I you shaved gonna... one day, and then I went back and shaved the next, and there was still a lot there. Are we, I just, it wasn't very thorough. Are we going to have to recut the intro now? What do you mean, Rico? I mean, you're not scruff. You no, Facebook I'm just talking live. about you. I'm live. talking about like the intro we just heard, the actual intro It'll of the come show. Back. It grows pretty quick. All right. Jay Sandos, Mike Gallagher, as always, we're sidetracked. It is a Tuesday, though. ETSU getting ready to take on the Wofford Terriers in football this weekend in what is a huge contest. And we will be talking to the Wofford play by play man, Jim Noble. His first season with the Terriers. We'll talk to him about this season so far. His thoughts on the game coming up. On Saturday, in which uh, Wofford will actually try to break uh, 0 for 2, uh, 0 for their last two on homecoming. So, the last two homecoming wow. games they've played, they have lost. So, they certainly would like to right the ship coming off a big loss to their arch rival, the Furman Paladins. Speaking of Furman, they got a huge game because there is nobody playing better football right now in the SOCON uh, as far as offensive numbers than the Sanford Bulldogs. And Sanford will be going to Greenville, South Carolina. Both those games about I think 30 minutes apart. I think their kick is at 2 o'clock. ETSU Wofford at 1.30. So a lot to talk about on the football front. It is Tuesday, so that means your favorite person. Anger man, ticked off Tuesday and sit down and strap yourselves in because I've gotten a little preview of what oh, we're in for. Oh, man. And oh, boy. I do not. So this will be flying off the cuff. and. I can't wait. I'm gonna try. I am gonna try to not talk as much. I've, I go back and listen. Go back and listen. Yeah, just he's every time I try to help him, he just he yells at me. I more, think he so. does that with me too. But then there's like long pauses when we don't talk, and we've got the timing that we got to work on. We're still working things out with Angry Man because let's be honest, week to week it changes depending on level of anger thing he thing he is angry about, and so it's tough to know. It's tough to predict when exactly you need to you know get your words in where you can and kind of push them along or maybe poke the bear, whatever the case may be. But I think that we're still. I think this is installment number seven of Angry Man, so uh, there's still some work to be done and uh, some anger to be had. Well, and uh, the one thing about him is uh, he's he's going to come correct and loud. So uh, we'll try to get him turned down. That's the one thing. And no matter how I try to set the volume and you think, you know what, I got him at a good volume, he just screams out of control. So, well, our last segment of the day is um, uh, top 25. Trey's going to have oh, yeah. that. We'll take a look at that. Bucks clearly in the top 25 a week ago. Where did they end up? How did things stack up? I and- was a little disappointed that they didn't 
climb the poles more. Maybe you'll have to talk me off the ledge on that, but we can save that for later. Again, I, I hate to say this, but it's a popularity yeah. contest and naming rights. And once you once you get the same thing last year, it took the Bucks in basketball to get in the mid-major pole their 12th straight win. To get in the mid-major pole, not even which does the, rank twenty-five, correct? Yes, yeah. yes. So I, I it took, and then once they got in there, they'll start in the, you know, it's they'll be in the top twenty-five start this year, regardless what happens. So it's just one of those things and how it works. And again, not to get too further sidetracked because we do have sound from Randy Sanders here in the first segment from his Monday press conference, but I did see that mid-major madness, I believe it mm-hmm. was, released their Southern Conference rankings, ETSU number three. So let the uh, disrespect begin and let the bulletin uh, board you, do you know materialize. Who wrote that? Do I do, know, absolutely. Do you know we can talk. That? We can talk to him about it. We will talk to SoCon. Now I will say this: I think he would have put his fourth again, except for the fact he got hammered last year for putting his fourth. And it, first of all, the reasoning for number one is the Spartan. To me, they're the defending champ. So I, I've always been a fan of. Doesn't matter who they return. Go ahead and just put them back up there because they defending champ after week one. You can change it. Doesn't matter. Anyways, so UNCG had one. Wofford returned everybody but one player from a year ago. And so I think uh, that that's there. And then ETSU clearly has the most question marks. And after that, I think it's a toss-up between Firm and Mercer and a few others. How about the fact that Citadel is number five in his poll? Zane Nijdawi, your guy that uh, unfortunately like sunk ETSU at home uh, last year on a three after an incredible alley-oop where you marked out more than I've ever heard anyone mark out on radio in my life on the David Burrell set play alley-oop that – Tied the game, and Nijdawi then comes down and tied the I game. Got, I got naked on a call. Marked out. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean naked, does it? Mm, I don't know. No, marked out, got really loud. Yeah, your, your head is clearly in all kinds of different places. Uh, so he comes down. David Burrell gets the alley-oop. I think that tied the game, if, if memory serves, and then Nijdawi yeah. comes down. Just cold-blooded from the wing with 40 seconds left, and that ended up being the final blow. The big thing about that one gets Rain Sanders' bikes. Yeah. Is, uh, as you can tell, we are we are also jacked up for basketball season. We're going to have actually right. a Facebook Live uh, here in the next uh, – maybe even this week may have an hour with Coach Ezell, an hour with uh, head coach Steve Forbes, and so we'll let the fans chime in and ask questions about the basketball team as we start to train it we're getting that crossover season it's a couple weeks away and we'll be uh, really jammed packed with shows where we, we cross over a lot of football and basketball talks and certainly the fall sports starting to wrap up but the thing about the David Burrell and me losing it was the fact I saw it coming like, like I don't always see plays happening sort of like um, I'd seen the play where the Bucks hit Juwan Stinson in uh, at Mercer for the uh, touchdown and kind of saw that play develop, and he was running wild. Only the, people that didn't see it in the stadium were Mercer at that the point. The more time I have when I see it happening, the worse my call gets. Uh, <laughs> or or uh, more professional, professional call gets, yeah. my call gets. So, yeah. That being said, Randy Sanders, what do you have to say? So I like to develop storyline narratives from show to show, right, just to kind of interconnect everything. And we've discussed a number of times uh, with Randy, not only in the press conference, on the radio show, and I think um, something that's – Definitely been floated out more for me than most, I think, is, is these close games. And now it's uh, four games decided by 11 points. Uh, you know, we're winning games by like 2.75 points per game um, in the Southern Conference right now. And Randy Sanders did allude to that in his press conference yesterday and talked about if it makes him nervous at all winning so many close games. During the game, it does. Once the game's over, you know, a win's a win. You know, it doesn't matter if it's one point or 50 points. Uh, just like a loss is a loss, whether it's one point or 50 points. You know, I tell the players all the time, you play the game as if the scoreboard is 0-0. Zero, zero. Well, we're pretty damn good at that, it seems like. Just keep playing. I, I think I was counting up where four conference wins. We got 11-point uh, differential combined. 
I'll take it. Tell quarterbacks all the time, be needy, not greedy. Well, I'm, I'm just going to be needy. We just need wins. Need more points than the other team, whether it's one more or 10 more or 25 more. It doesn't matter. So it doesn't bother Randy. A win's a win. It really comes down to the fact, if you believe the old um, cliche, the old, um, I, I don't know, Just it seems like it's been ingrained forever in sports. The more close games you win, the closer you are to a close loss. If you believe that, then I think you look at these first four Southern Conference games and you say, boy, get a little hot under the collar here. Like, how many times can ETSU go to the well? But if you don't subscribe to that theory, everything's fine. Yeah, you know, I like the one theory, uh, and I don't know if, I don't know if you're running up by it already, but the uh, doesn't matter, the one or 50, right? It's the truth. It, nobody cares at the end of the season what the margin of victory is. It's how many were in the left column. How many are in the right column, right? How many are on the win column, the left side? How many are on the right column? And so that's really the the, the situation. So, and, and there's no rhyme or reason either. We, we've seen teams in every sport where they have a couple of close losses, and, and then it doesn't mean anything. They come back and have a couple of uh, blowout wins. The, the one thing about close wins and losses, and I harp on this a lot, is if the more of those you win, the better the season you have. And it's just uh, – I know it's uh, – maybe oversimplifying everything, but it's literally normally in a season. Now, ETSU is starting to break the mold of how many close games are playing. Normally, football, you have probably five games that are within that, and the rest are not uh, within a, a single possession, I should say, a single possession game. Usually, if you go back and look through um, not just ETSU, but you look across the Southern Conference, pick a conference, SEC, Big Ten, there's a lot of teams that will play a one-possession game, and then how they do in those determines that. The problem is I think ETSU's rattled off, you know, four of those pretty quickly here. <laughs> so uh, I don't know how many they'll have left, and I'm hoping that as they get better, and there is room for more improvement, as they get better, you start to see those, those win margins go up. Went back in the record book, and ETSU football founded in 1920. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that's where the record book has it, 1920. So nearly 100 years since ETSU football became a thing. Never in a single season, and remember we still have four games to go, never in a single season have they won four games or more by three points or less. So you talk about five games going within a possession one way or another. It's not very often you win all five of those. So ETSU historically, at least in program history, is making some waves and um, certainly can hope that they build on that number. I'm not sure you or me see Wofford going uh, one way or another big. I think we're both kind of on the same thought pattern that it'll be close one way or another. And if it does go big one way, it's probably a game that'll go for Wofford. Am I correct? Yes, and uh, uh, the wise guys uh, in Vegas think so too, 12.5 points, 13 points, something like that, Wofford. But right now, you look at the amount of points that Wofford can score and where the Bucks can score. And the scoring really, you know, Wofford's only averaging 30 points a game. The Bucks are up to 25 points a game. Mm-hmm. But still, I think Wofford has a better shot of putting a larger number on the board if it becomes uh, – uh, one way or another. It becomes lopsided. I, I think Wofford could put more on the board. One advantage the Bucks could have is facing back-to-back option teams and can, instead of having them split up throughout the season. Of course, Citadel last week and Wofford this week. It probably helps in preparation a little bit. I'm sure if you ask some of our defensive linemen, they'd like to have a, a week where they don't have two and three linemen hitting them every play. The wear and tear on your body, there's no question, it's a little tougher. The challenge offensively, you know, I think we really had th- – really three possessions last week offensively in the second half. You know, we were able to score on two of them. We took a knee on one of them, and then I, I guess technically Tyree's interception counted as possession. 
But, you know, we drove down, got a touchdown, drove down, got a field goal, and had to punt one time. So it limits your possessions. And just playing the same type of team, I think, not only does it help the defense, but I think it helps the offense a little bit too, just being prepared for what type of game it will be. You talked about health there for an instant, and Tremont Farrell was in the press conference, of course, one of the big bodies up front, and he said, I'm fine. Just excited to go out and get another W. So <laughs> I'm not sure those guys up front are feeling it a whole lot. He said there's some aches and pains, of course, there's going to be at this time of the year, especially with the bye week. This is why I asked the question. The bye week still has not come around. That's November 10th before their last game of the year. So uh, there's still a lot of football to play until that bye week does come and they get a short respite. But at least from what the players are telling us, they're feeling all right. Yeah, and, and, you know, that's what you want. And it isn't odd, again, ETSU has a bye week at the 11th week of the season, right? 12-week season, one bye, you play 11 games. It's week 11 when they get the bye before they play Sanford, which at, at now doesn't look like a good time. But then, right, when you get right. to that point, it could be a great thing because then you get an extra couple weeks, and especially, again, if Sanford just keeps rolling. They are angry after losing the first, what, four games of the year. They have turned it on. Uh, actually, I think they won their first game because they played a non-division one. Then they lost four in a row, and they won their last two. They're three and four, and they are throwing up gaudy numbers, 66 and 72, I think, in back-to-back weeks. 73, so it's 139 oh, combined. Yes, like, oh. insane. So uh, my question to you is going to be, now that the Bucks are rolling the way they are, is it almost better to have the bye week later simply because you don't want to disrupt the rhythm? Uh, you know, that's a – One school of thought. Yeah, you know, you're right. It always comes down to health. The, the bye week generally – comes down to health. How healthy are you? If you are healthy and rolling, you do not want the bye week. If there are some bumps and bruises and you're going to play a, a game that could aid to determine if you go to the playoffs, if you're winning a Southern Conference championship, whether it's an outright or a tie or whatever it may be, you know, to have that extra week to prepare, to, to put different things in the game plan, to be able to scheme uh, Sanford a little differently. The other thing I like is the cold weather because we saw Sanford come in here two years ago and cold, windy, and it really wasn't even that cold, but it was cold, windy, a little bit rainy, and they did not want to play in that. Uh, one final, well, actually, we got two more, but I thought the question of the press conference for Joe Avento from the Johnson City Press, he asked Randy Sanders just simply, does this season surprise you? He said, I've seen so much winning football, et cetera, et cetera. And he said, well, if you've seen so much winning football, you're probably not surprised then. I don't know if surprising is the right word or not. I, I, I'm not surprised. I expected to win, expected our players to expect to win, but also knew that it's all a process and, 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 a, and a part of learning. Uh, it's been great the way uh, so many of our players have accepted what, what I've kind of brought, what the t- t- coaches are, are trying to teach and, and the way we're trying to do things now. Uh, obviously, winning helps them accept that. So I'm, I'm not surprised by the success I, that we've had, but I am, I am pleased with it. it. It's been good that it's happened so quickly. So maybe not surprised to win, but surprised to win so early. Yeah, no, I, I, th- I think that's it. And I, I think, he, you know, the one thing when you're a new coach coming in and you can only watch film of last year and it's not what you're running, it's not the – I think you still don't know what to expect because you're going to coach things differently. You don't know how they're going to respond. So uh, surprises, I don't, I don't know if that's the right term, but there's certainly in the expectations and stuff that you have. And the one thing he's trying to do and the key thing he keeps harping on is culture and winning and learn how to win and all that. So, you know, I don't think you're going to hear him say surprise because that goes against his, you know, what, what we're trying to learn how to do type uh, 
philosophy that he's trying to implement here at ETSU. So uh, he, you know, he has had some true serum occasionally where you catch him on the right moment and he gives you, eh, if you tell me I'd be six and one, right? Right. You know, he thought you loaded my dot Pepsi down right. or something. So, so he's certainly in that regard, he's given you surprise. But I think, uh, you know, to be a, a head coach and what he's trying to do, I think he's gone about it the right way. Randy also revisited in our last soundbite goals coming into the season. We set our goals before the season when we're still on track to accomplish those goals. And you know, I haven't shared those goals necessarily with anyone other than the team, and I'm not going to now, but we're still on track to accomplish our goals. Obviously, this week is, is a big, big step towards being able to finish that out. Speculation time. What do you think those goals were? Because he's talked about goals here and there throughout the year, has not divulged specifics, as he mentioned in that soundbite. And my curiosity is starting to peak. I want to know what those goals are, and I'm sure that you know there's a multiplicity of them, a multitude of them. There's there's a number that he wanted to you get want me to. You to simplify though. Uh, go ahead. I'll simplify. By all means. Number one, I think he wanted to win every home game. Okay. I would assume he wanted to go over 500 on the road. So you okay. got four, so it's three and one, right? Now, are you speculating, or do you actually? No, know? I have no idea. Okay, okay. I have zero idea. Educated guesses, though. Win a conference championship. Okay. Make the playoffs. Those are probably five generically that probably every team in the country walks in and goes something to that effect. So you don't think that it was anything outlandish? Anything? You don't think national championship was in there? No, I don't. I don't think because most most coaches will tell you if you don't do the other things, then you can't get there. So it's kind right. of a build process, right? Gotcha. So defend your home field. You don't want to ever lose at home. You want to win more on the road than you lose. You want to win a conference championship. You want to make the playoffs. Then you start going in. Now we want to advance in the playoffs. Now we want to. Perhaps so I, his so what, now what comes in. Then you make the playoffs, and he says to his guys, so what, now what? Now we got to go out and win the right. next game, and now we're here, and now we can go out and do more. We need to step aside for a timeout, running a little behind of my thing there. So we got to get Jim Noble, play-by-play man of the Wofford Terrors. We'll backtrack uh, after we get done talking to him and talk a little bit more about that. But we're going to get Wofford's perspective. We'll talk to their head coach, Josh Conklin, coming up on Thursday. But after this quick timeout, we will be joined by the voice of the Terriers in his first season, Jim Noble. Don't forget, you can download us on SoundCloud and on iTunes. Subscribe to RSS feed. You can watch us on Facebook Live like you do now. Don't forget to comment in the sections. We'll try to get your questions when we get an opportunity. This is Sanders and the Sidekick on the Buccaneers Sports Network. Congrats. You made it. Through National Ice Cream Day, National Hot Dog Day, and even National Sunglasses Day, you took on the heat, took care of the yard, and even took a vacation. But now it's October, and you finally have a chance to breathe. And with that chance to breathe also comes a chance for fun when you play new October Instant Games. Pick up one of four new games for a chance to win $1,000 up to a $1 million. Fall into some fun with new October Instant Games from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. Wow, am I happy about my new Wow Rate e-checking account at Citizens Bank. I got a huge rate on my deposit and great account features. With that sort of a deal, I'm saving for much-needed bucks tickets to cheer on my team. Learn more about Wow Rate e-checking accounts at CitizensBank24.com. Wow Rate e-checking accounts at CitizensBank24.com. Go Bucks! Bank your own way. Citizens Bank member FDIC. Looking to promote your business but don't know the best avenue? 
Stand out from the crowd and go big with billboards. We're Allison Outdoor, and we're the new guys in town. Whether it's digital or traditional billboards, our locations span the Tri-Cities. If you're looking for high exposure for a day, a year, or anything in between, we have rates and packages for you. Call Nick Stickley for pricing at 423-360-4809 or allisonoutdoor.com. And go Bucks! Yeah, I've been thinking about getting the band back together, but we need a new name. Ah, how about the Five Seasons? Nah, not raw enough. Chuck and the Prime Ribs? You don't get it, do you? Sorry, I'm a butcher. Ah, my bad. How about four New York strips? Now that's music to my ears. At Food City, our butchers are so good at what they do, you'll think they can do anything. Butchers make it better. Only at Food City. Ice T-Bone, the Beefy Boys, the Tenderizers. Today and every day, the Johnson City Way. Johnson City Hyundai is proud to support East Tennessee State Athletics. Excellence and education, teamwork and trust, success and understanding. They are the core values that drive the ETSU Athletics program to excellence. ETSU Athletics and Johnson City Honda, a winning combination. The Johnson City Way. Today and every day, Johnson City Honda is committed to bringing the Tri-Cities a truly unique way to buy a new Honda or a certified pre-owned Honda. It's a way of business we like to call the Johnson City Way. When you come to Johnson City Honda, you can have the confidence in knowing you're getting a great deal along with outstanding customer service that will last long after the sale. We invite you to come by today and shop our outstanding selection of vehicles and experience a different way, an easy way, our way, the Johnson City way. Johnson City Honda, proud to support the ETSU Athletics Program. Today and every day, the Johnson City way. Johnson City Honda, Johnson City. Sandos and the Sidekick, the podcast. You can download us on SoundCloud and on iTunes. ETSU on the road in Spartanburg, South Carolina, to take on the Wofford Terriers. First-year play-by-play man Jim Noble for Wofford joining us on the telephone. Jim, first of all, welcome to the Southern Conference, and thank you for taking your time today. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right, Jim, let's jump right into it. Uh, last week, a big rivalry game for uh, Wofford, and I haven't got a chance. I usually watch uh, game film on Thursday, so I haven't watched that game yet. But uh, just looking at the stat sheet, they were. it looked like to me they were very even in a lot of stats. What was the big difference in the game against Furman? Yeah, you may not have to watch that game film. I can kind of tell you what happened. Boy, Furman just came out and, and just dominated Wofford uh, on the line of scrimmage. And I think those numbers are kind of false because Wofford padded them with a couple of late drives that really didn't go anywhere and put any points on the board. But that was a Furman team that had, was really tired of being told how they had lost to Wofford four consecutive times. I think even though you try to guard against that as a coaching staff, you, you know, I think maybe the Terriers are starting to read some of their own press. They came in. Whenever you go in and you're four and one and the other team is one and three, Maybe some complacency starts to seep in, and I think that's exactly what happened. But give Furman credit. They defended Wofford like no team has defended the Terriers so far on the edge, really messing up the RPOs, really messing up the triple option. And uh, it was just one that the Terriers would love to forget. Jim, I don't know how much you, you watched of Wofford with, with Coach Ayers and uh, kind of his offensive style and system. 
Uh, again, I haven't seen the film yet. I, I know they want to put the ball up in the air a little bit more. Just talk a little bit about the, the philosophy of this first-year coaching staff. Yeah, I think the key phrase there is a little bit more on the passing game. Not a lot. You know, Wade Lang, the offensive coordinator under uh, Coach Ayers for 30 years, is still there. Uh, much of the offensive coach, uh, coaching staff remained intact. So, you know, Josh Conklin, the first-year head coach, has said he'd like to be able to throw it a little bit more, but only situationally. They really don't have a, a true drop-back quarterback, Joe Newman, We'll probably see the bulk of the playing time on, on Saturday. He's a true option quarterback. Uh, Miller Mosley, who's a transfer from Air Force, they can both throw the ball on occasion, but neither one of them is going to drop back and throw it 30 times a game. Wofford hasn't recruited for that. Maybe that'll start now with a new head coach uh, in place. But still, you're going to look at, at, at running the ball 85% of the time. If Wofford throws it more than 15 times a game, I think that means something has gone wrong. Jim, Mike Gallagher, thanks for taking some time to join us. There's a ton of storylines entering this game, one of which is the last two games that Wofford has lost at home have been on homecoming. I'm wondering about the desire to win on homecoming after those couple of frustrations and also the fact on ETSU's side that the one team that they have not beaten in the Southern Conference since they have had football back has been Wofford. Do you feel like there is a prevalent or a bigger storyline in this game than any other? There's about five or six of them that we could rattle off, but certainly on both sides there seems to be more to play for than just the W. Absolutely. I think um, it's funny. I didn't even know about that homecoming stat. I was blissfully unaware of that before you pointed that out. So thanks for that. But, you know, I, I think I think Wofford comes into this game almost in a role reversal that they did last week. I think Furman came in a very desperate team. They knew a second conference loss was going to pretty much knock them out of the running. And who knows how that will transpire with the, uh, you know, with the SOCON kind of, uh, you know, beating up on each other week in and week out. But ETSU comes in certainly starting to get a ton of attention. And why not? It's the only undefeated team, 6-1. And, and, and I think Wofford can get up for that. I don't think the homecoming aspect and the fact that the Terriers are home for the first time in almost six weeks, uh, that, that is part of it, being able to play at home. Uh, Coach Conklin has a ton of respect for, for everything that, that Coach Sanders and everybody at ETSU has done. He's been saying that for weeks, even before we got to game week. Uh, and ETSU has won a lot of close games, which is exactly what Wofford did last year when they won the conference. I think seven of their eight wins came by less than the touchdown. And ETSU has shown the medal that, that they can win those close games. So I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's a big advantage for ETSU that they played the Citadel last weekend and kind of got you know a, a, a real good look at a true triple option team. Um Again, I, I think it comes down to defending Wofford's running game. Um, if ETSU could do that, then there's no reason why you'd say they can't, judging by what they've done. I, I think it's going to be a very close ball game. When people think close ball games, I think oftentimes they associate the kicking game. Tell us about Luke Carter, first team all SoCon in 2017, but has had his struggles this year, just two of five on field goals. This, I think coming into the year, you'd probably say a matchup that would feature the two best kickers in the Southern Conference, if not two of the best in the FCS, uh, in the country at the FCS level, and Luke Carter and J.J. German. J.J. German had some early struggles as well, but has since come on and become the, uh, the kicker that has been so consistent that we've known for a long time for ETSU. Carter and German, and what exactly has gone on with Carter does the team still trust him two of five not exactly a number I'm sure that he is proud of but still plenty of season left 
Yeah, you know what's funny with Luke, and we talked to him this week. Uh, Luke is a couple of those misses have been kind of weird, short, sharp angle field goals. You know, from the hash mark in the shadow of the goalpost, and you think, hey, you know, what a good kicker can make those, and he fully recognizes that. But he says he's more comfortable when that team, when the, they can get out to more like a thirty or forty yard field goal. His range is about forty five. His career long is forty four. We've seen him in practice make them from fifty and a couple yards beyond, but you don't get that many opportunities to kick a field goal like of that length at Wofford because. By and large, Wade Lang is going to go for it. It's fourth and anywhere manageable, probably until you get down to maybe the, the 20 or so. So Carter, by the way, is perfect on PATs. He's never missed one in college. But, yes, those, those short misses, you know, a couple of, in the Chattanooga game especially, that kept that game from being closer than it should. It's definitely rankled, Luke. I don't think they've lost any confidence in him. I just don't think there's any kind of offense, philosophy-wise, that's going to say, hey, it's a 44-yarder, let's run the field goal team out there. I think they're either going to pooch, kick it, or go for it in that aspect. Hey, Jim, it's Jay. Uh, quick question for you. Uh, on uh, the defensive side of the ball for the Terriers, uh, they've normally last few years been very opportunistic. They force turnovers. They're always in the plus. That's sort of the, the thing that stuck out to me the most this year. I think they're negative five um, in the turnover margin and getting beaten points off turnovers, and that's, that's kind of unusual. What, what can you tell us about the, the defense uh, for the Terriers? Yeah, major point of emphasis, absolutely. We've been talking about it, even from the very first game of the season when they uh, they lost the turnover battle in a very close win over the Citadel, and turnovers are really the thing that kept the Citadel in that ball game in the opener. That's been something that's been hard to figure out because Josh Conklin comes from a defensive background. The defensive coaches, especially the last two or three weeks, have been working on that at practice, stripping the ball. The funny thing is they forced three fumbles in Chattanooga and didn't recover any of them. And any of those could have really turned things around. They got a couple of picks last week or two, but that's something that we've talked about. The fact that, you know, you're not going to win a lot of ball games being on the negative side of the ratio. And they have. So Kenton's philosophy has kind of evolved into, well, if we can make up for that turnover ratio detriment or lack of, of getting those numbers, by making big plays offensively, chunk plays, you know, they call them explosion plays, any gain of 20 yards or more, punt return or kickoff return, something like that. He's okay with that as long as they're making those offensive plays to make up for that. The problem with Furman was they didn't do that. They, they, they turned the ball over um, a couple of times. One was key. It gave Furman a short field or a touchdown to put Berman up 14. But, yeah, that's definitely a concern in Spartanburg. Well, and I thought just, just because you look at the roster uh, of the defensive players, and there's guys that are now going to play their third game against CTSU, a lot of juniors and seniors that have seen a lot of time for the Terriers, been in big games for them. And uh, it was just kind of interesting to see because that's sort of the, the forte of any option team, right? Play good defense, yeah. offense does whatever. And, and – once they obviously like a lot of option teams, once they get up, they're really good at, at choking a life out of the opposing team because all they needed was one turnover or two turnovers after the lead, and then it kind of steamrolled from there. So it's just been kind of some oddities. And and the truth is, I mean, you look at the the one loss at, at Wyoming, right? I mean, you give up a late touchdown, I think, with uh, forty something, you know, forty fifty seconds to go, or 
you know, honestly, you're sitting here just a one-loss team to an arch rival. Yeah, it's it's funny because you mentioned the, those players. The linebacking core, and over the course of my experience, it just seems for one reason or another, when you force a lot of turnovers, it's because of your linebackers. The linebacking core Lopard, is is pretty talented but pretty young. You've got most of your experience on the defensive line and then in the secondary. Uh, and the secondary guys are getting pass breakups, but they're not getting interceptions. So, you know, you, you do wonder about that. You, you do wonder, you know, can we take the ball away? Not only take the ball away, but do it at key moments of the ball game. They did that in 2017 when they won the conference championship. They have not really done that so far this year. Yeah, and the, the other thing I was going to say, because that defensive line wreaked havoc against ETSU the first couple uh, uh, matchups uh, since ETSU's had the football back, and uh, 11 sacks, and, and I know 11 sacks is, is, is a pretty good number, but still for a Wofford team, it usually seems like they've got a lot more than, than that yeah. on the board. Uh, and Because and I'll tell you, the one thing that I was amazed with is just how good laterally the defensive linemen move. You're talking about Miles Brown. And, and Brandon uh, Zamar, who who was actually a backup last year nose guard, but had significant playing time against ETSU. But that's the one thing about Wofford. You know, they roll out some big guys, 280, 290, uh, 300, but but they move really well laterally. And I think that, that was something that caught ETSU off guard, I know, two years ago down in Spartanburg because the whole game plan was to run outside the big guys, and they couldn't get outside. And then that really uh, kind of put ETSU behind the eight ball. Yeah, and, and Wofford's lost a key component of that defensive line when Kel Horton went down with a uh, torn bicep against Wyoming, and he's now out for the year. And he was kind of the guy on the uh, on the defensive line that kept people from double-teaming Miles Brown. So now Miles, you know, has a lot more attention on him. What they've done is they've shifted Miles Brown, Miles Brown outside, inside. They move him around on the D-line a lot more now rather than just lining him up at nose tackle. So you're seeing a, a lot of people play. They're rotating six or seven defensive linemen in, which for a team that plays a three-man line is pretty significant. The first four games, Wofford played 29 different players on defense. Some of that was because they had blowout wins over VMI and, and Gardner-Webb and were able to get a lot of people in there. But, and also because it was hot and you try to keep some people fresh. Uh, I'm very interested to see if they kind of winnow that down a little bit now that we're in the in the heart of conference games and, and, and these games mean everything now, whether or not they go with their starters for an extended period of time. That's really been a strength for them is the ability to play multiple guys at multiple positions. Jim, I appreciate the time as always. Look forward to seeing you on Saturday. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Stop by, say hi, and uh, welcome to Sparkle Vegas. We'll see you then. <laughs> Thanks, Jim. All right, it's Jim Noble, play-by-play man for the Wofford Terriers. When we come back, it's Ticked Off Tuesday. Our random man who is angry about everything. Angry man comes up after this timeout. Don't forget to download us on SoundCloud and on iTunes. You can subscribe as well to RSS feed. That way you get the update every time we upload a new show. Big thanks to Jim. We'll see him down on Saturday. Don't forget Coach Conklin, the head coach of the Wofford Terriers, will join us on Thursday. But right now, take a break. We'll get ready. Stretch it out a little bit. Uh, get ready for your ears to burn because Angry Man's about to light them up. We're back after this timeout to hear a word from the Buccaneers Sports Network. Ballot Health is an integrated healthcare system built to meet the local needs in Northeast Tennessee and Southwest Virginia. Together with community, we are transforming our region. We're making communities 
healthier. We're expanding access to critical services in rural areas, and we're investing in health research and medical education. It's your story. We're listening. Ballot Health is proud to be the official health care provider of ETSU Athletics. Go Bucks! The Carnegie Hotel is Johnson City's only AAA four-diamond property that is unique, tranquil, and brimming with character, just adjacent to East Tennessee State University. When it's time to dine, Wellington's Restaurant in the Carnegie Hotel is the place to be, serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner in grand style. And why not come indulge yourself at Austin Springs Spa, located right inside the Carnegie Hotel. East Tennessee's premier full-service spa provides everything you need to rejuvenate, revive, and renew. The Carnegie Hotel, 12 16 State of Franklin Road in Johnson City. Wendy's has an all-new... You had me at Wendy's. Good, because Wendy's has a new bacon cheeseburger, and it's called... You had me at bacon. Well, what if I told you Wendy's kept going and added a smoky, tangy sauce, and it's called the Sawsome Bacon... You had me at Sawsome. It's called the Sawsome Bacon Classic. Sawsome Bacon Classic? Sounds amazing. Why didn't you just say that from the start? Also, if you download the Wendy's app, you'll get special offers like $2 off any combo. Huh, well, now you have me downloading the Wendy's app. At participating Wendy's for a limited time. Mulligan Hardwood Flooring is a beautiful addition to any room. Enjoy the luxury of hardwood flooring in your home with Mulligan's pre-finished, sold, or engineered, ready-to-install selection of beautiful hardwood flooring and a wide variety of domestic and exotic species. Please visit the following Johnson City locations to learn more. Dockery's Floor Covering, House of Paneling, Carpet and Door Mart, and K&M Flooring. Kingsport locations include Dalton Direct Carpets, Custom Floors by Carlin, El Providence Flooring and Paint. Visit the Smile Floor Service in Bristol. Trust the clear leader in quality hardwood flooring, Mulligan Flooring. Bucks fans and football fans across the country can now design their dream home during pregame or halftime. The new My Designs app by General Shale lets you create custom projects right from your phone or tablet. Choose from 10 home and building structures designed with over 50 popular brick and stone colors. You can even share your designs with friends. Download the My Designs app by General Shale on the App Store or visit MyDesignsApp.com to design your dream project today. General Shale, a proud supporter of ETSU Athletics. New coach, new era, new day. Hear from ETSU football headman Randy Sanders all fall on the ETSU Coaches Show now on Wednesday nights. If you're scared by all the change, don't be. Voice of the Bucks, Jay Sando, still host from Wild Wing Cafe, and it's still a 6 o'clock start now every Wednesday throughout the football season. Morristown native and new ETSU football head coach Randy Sanders on the ETSU Coaches Show right here on WXSM AM 640. The Extreme Sports Monster. Yo, can I get a win? Ah! Hey, 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 hey. Horror awful. That's horrible and awful mixed together. Horror awful. And I hate everything. No, God! No, God, please, no! No! Are you ready? It is tipped off Tuesday. Jay Sandos, Mike Gallagher, we will commence not talking because it's time to bring in Random Angry Man. Gonna hide under the table here. Hey, Angry Man. Oh, don't hide. You know what's cute? You guys both wear blue and gold. Did you match that this morning? They're the school colors, Angry Man. I know, but one of you's wearing navy and one of you's wearing gold. I did cute. text Jay. I, uh, thank you. I think that's more of a compliment, actually. That doesn't sound very angry to me. Well, you know what gets me angry? You know what? And there's only room for one of us, but angry people get angry man mad. 
So other people being angry get have, has anyone ever out angered you? I don't think so, but this person I'm talking about is close, and there's only room for one of us, and I can't tolerate it. Always so frumpy and disgruntled, it ticks me off. Frumpy and disgruntled. <laughs> so is this person mad at you, Angry uh, Man, or are they just mad about random things? I think they're mad at life in general, but sometimes it's geared <laughs> towards me. I love that. That makes you mad. They're mad about everything, but even though you're mad about everything, so, that makes you mad. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So uh, do you think you've cornered the market on being angry? <laughs> you know he has a copyright on the feeling. That's a great you, point. Maybe you should try and patent anger. You might be onto something here, guys. I didn't you think might, about this. You might need a lawyer, and I'm not sure how well your uh, job pays you. I'm not familiar with what you and me are only familiar on an on-air and then football-related basis when it comes to the Bears. Um, so I don't know if you've got that kind of loot, but it could be worth looking into because anytime someone would get angry, that's a kickback right there. That's a great point. Let's do this. Start something here. Well, I think you have started. Get to work, sidekick! Get to work on what? I guess you're working on his copyright patent material. Oh, okay. well, you don't want that. I'm not, I, I don't have any kind of degree. I'm not a jurist doctor. Uh, now, now, your your wife is. Mm-hmm. Uh, she she has her own. Mm-hmm. Not to, she can charge. Not it. not to shamelessly plug, but yeah, she'll absolutely take your money, anger man. Hey, I'm I'm gonna give her a call because this is a. Gr- I love what you guys just did this morning. Patent on anger, fantastic. But you know what else gets me mad? Uh oh. Slow people walking through crosswalks. Mm, yes. Yeah. Yes, I felt like that yesterday. I was at uh, up at up on campus. There's a four-way stop right by the library, and I always kind of angry man. Does it make you feel better when someone has a little hitch in their giddy up, where it's like, okay, I'm gonna pretend to run, like kind of. It's like one step, and then they continue to walk, but they're just like, all right, I'm gonna make it at least look like I'm giving more effort. Yeah, at least they look like it. But the people I'm talking about is, you stop for them because yeah, the pedestrian has the right of way, but then they. Take it back another gear and slow it down even more. And again, beep, beep, get out of my way. That's one of his lines. Does it make you mad when they're walking, they get about halfway through, and then they go to the phone check? Oh. And then, they, and then they, they, they type. Because you kind of creep up and, like, what do you do? And I'm like, just move. If you got somewhere to be, pick up the pace. If you're moving slow, then don't be there at all because you don't want to go to your, your finishing point. Do you think that it is personal when they do that? Yes, I do. Do you think they've taken a look in the car and they say, this guy looks like he's in a hurry. I'm going to take yes, my sweet time. I, I personally agree that is true. I also feel like uh, angry man would be the guy when he's actually using a crosswalk and somebody creeps up on him. He is screaming at them that he's, I'm walking here. I'm walking here. <laughs> angry man's from New York. Angry man's from New York all the time. That's what I'm saying. He's that's, out that's what I feel like that's what you're doing. There's crosswalks in Sicily he's crossing. Mm. Oh, that is man. amazing. Oh. I, uh, I am 100% with you on that. It's, it's a matter of being conscious of other people's time. You know, you're not the only person in the world. The crosswalk is used by many different people, and the fact that you feel like you can hog the entire thing. Yeah, okay, it's a four-way stop, but this isn't a stoplight. You know, this is a stop sign that I'm sure we're talking about. Correct, Angry Man? I thought correct. Okay, well, wait not only that, and then you know what else gets me mad is when you're walking up or back down a sidewalk and there's two people coming in the opposite direction and they don't move. You know, yes. there's one side for one direction, the other side for the other direction. Get out of my way! Don't take up the entire space! This is one of his best takes yet because 
The sidewalk specifically on campus in some places can get a little bit narrow. And there are people that are so into what they're doing in their conversation that they can't put it on pause for two seconds to make sure that you don't have to go into the grass, then wear out the grass because everybody does it, right? Everyone just wants to take up the whole sidewalk. So you got to go around into the grass yourself, and then it's just dirt, and then campus looks terrible. It's a, it's a trickle-down effect. Or you can injure yourself because sometimes there's that little gap in between the grass and the sidewalk. Turn an angle. your ankle. Turn an ankle. You're absolutely right. People are looking on their phone, and they can't look up and deal with society. Theme of Angry Man this week, people walking. People walking is what makes him angry. You don't know what I'm talking about. Are you you mad when somebody isn't looking in their phone and they give you the random hello as they walk by? Mm. No, because I think that's polite. That's nice. Yeah, that is polite. Now, how about when you're walking? I've had this so often. Uh, maybe it's me. Maybe it's the lack of scruff now. People are afraid of the face. But I, I look at someone and try and make eye contact and give them either, like, the nod or the, you know, under your breath, hey, how you doing? You know, just nothing intrusive, but just the, hey, how's it going? And uh, they will just head down or look at you and turn away. Uh, I don't know. Does that happen to you, Angry Man? Is it just a personal problem for me? No, like, or, you're, you're trying to be nice and acknowledge the other person. They're kind of looking at you like an alien. Like, what are you doing talking to me? Hey, it it, I think they do the the common thing when somebody doesn't want to talk to you. They do the the random phone check for no reason, right? Yeah, they I see agree. you coming, they're like, "Oh, hey, oh no, I got to Oh my god, oh, he's by me, he's by me." Like they give you the look down, right? And they're looking at their phone. Well, why are people scared of other people walking in another direction? Like, just acknowledge them. Do you not think I'm afraid of you? <laughs> no, you shouldn't be. Now, to you should be, be to- afraid of the younger, other angry person I'm talking about. Now, to be fair, I wonder who that is. Interesting. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not me. Jay gave me the eyes like, is this you? You better fear for your life. Now, here, here's one that I, I do wonder, because I have been guilty of this before. I do wonder if you think it's more acceptable, Angry Man, if you have had some animosity with a person. I'm not talking about anyone in particular, but certainly in life there are people that you come across where you just don't get along quite as well as with others. And you see them coming down a very long hallway or, or you're like two of the only people around and, and you intentionally take a hallway somewhere else to take the long way somewhere. Am I a bad person for doing that? You are a bad person. I am. You're right. Man up and face your fear. I'm scared. I don't want to. Uh, do a, I wish I could be better. Do you have a sports take? I actually don't this week. Surprisingly, I don't. It was no, a busy weekend. Nothing in sports has made you mad. That's I, good. I, I, didn't that's have good. Other, I didn't have time to think of anything else other than my job, and that's that took up my time Saturday and Sunday. I don't know what happened other than what I do for a day-to-day basis in the sports world. So give me a take this week, guys. Oh, interesting. Angry take this week. Um, oh, goodness. Uh, last night, fantasy football. Mm. Of course, it has to do with fantasy mm. football because I'm just obsessed. Uh, Alfred Morris is on the other team that I'm playing. Uh, he's playing for San Francisco. And a great game last night. I think San Francisco-Green Bay, a lot of people expected that to be it kind of a – It wasn't a great game because San Francisco couldn't hold on. And Aaron Rodgers came back. It's well, terrible. I think that's what people love with Aaron Rodgers these days. Like, I think the majority of the nation Watch is enamored smoke. with <laughs> – I know it's because you're a big Bears guy and you're not into it, but you have to look unbiasedly. Aaron Rodgers has captured the attention of a nation with his comebacks. Aren't you a Vikings fan? I am, but I appreciate greatness. Oh, stop. You don't appreciate greatness in green and gold. Ah, uh, well, that, that's where you appreciate Tom Brady? I do. I do. Okay. I do. 
I know a couple so, ago I said he wasn't, but he's the GOAT. Producer Jacob Townsend thinks that Aaron Rodgers is better than Tom Brady, and he's the, the Bears. GOAT. The well, Bears Jacob, and the Pats this week. Get out of so. here. He doesn't know what he's talking about. So, fantasy football, Alfred Morris is on the yep. other team. I enter the night down one point, and I'm like, well, it's over, of course. I don't have anybody going, and he's got Alfred Morris, and so it's over. And how frustrating is it for me to pull up at halftime the box score on ESPN to see Alfred Morris has not gotten a touch, and that one point is just taunting me. It's sitting there saying, you weren't good enough to play Marquise Goodwin over Amari Cooper, which I wasn't. You weren't good enough to figure out that Amari Cooper was going to get injured in the second quarter. You weren't good enough to play Blake Bortles over Deshaun Watson. If you would have done any of these things, you would have had the extra point you needed, but instead, we're going to mock your fantasy footballdom with, and dumb is the key operative word here, that you were able to get that close and then see Alfred Morris sit on the bench and almost give you the finger. Personally. <laughs> that is what he did to me last night. So I am angry, angry. So now. what happened? I lost. 87-86. Ouch. Because mm-hmm. he put up zero yards. So I entered the night one point down. I ended up losing by one point. Even though I rode off the game, of course, I had to check it at halftime. Oh, he's not touching the ball at all. He's all of a sudden the third string tailback. Like, why couldn't I just do one thing different? And then my outcome would have been different. So I, Instead of being 2-4, and four, I'd be 3-3. Three and three. I have a different uh, take uh, <sighs> real quick. I'm a little upset at the voters that ETSU only moved up a couple of spots Boom. in the polls. Yep. Angry man, your about thoughts? that angry man? Yeah, that's that's a good one. That's a good <laughs> one. <laughs> <laughs> it was it? Was it a good one? That wow. was the most. Yeah, I think I think he hated my take. That was soft. Angry, angry man. man is angry at me for having that take. Angry man, you are soft. Soft. <laughs> soft. Soft serve. Who's the one will. who wants to hide under a desk right now, sidekick? I'm going there right now. See you later. All right, angry you know man. What the, oh the bus pull in the Spartan Vegas or whatever, Sparkle <laughs> Vegas, and they put a whooping on the Terriers. Watch out, FCS, because we're coming. Woo! You better believe it. Let's go. Let's go. Now, that's not a red alert. That's an absolute fact. That's just a fact. We, th- we, we hop on the bandwagon for that, that kind of take. That well done, angry man. The old premonition. All right, angry man. We'll see you next week, buddy. Have a good one, guys. <sighs> I feel like I need a shower. I need a shower. Yeah, all right. Santa's and sidekick. Uh, uh, something's next. Uh, I need a break. I need SoundCloud, a iTunes. We've okay, got bye. one more segment. This is the Sports Network. Let Ferguson's knowledgeable product experts kick off your next kitchen or bath project with the latest in touch and hands-free faucets. High-performance gas ranges. Or low-decibel dishwashers. They're really quiet. Request your appointment today at fergusonshowrooms.com. The best decision ever. Visit your local Ferguson showroom at 1000 Quality Circle in Johnson City and choose from an extensive lighting collection of the most sought-after brands. Find the one-of-a-kind fit for your home at Ferguson. Purchasing a new home, remodeling your home, First Bank and Trust makes applying for a loan easy. Our online application process is designed to allow you to stop anytime and pick up where you left off when it works for you. And after you submit an online application, you can check your loan status anytime. Visit or call me, Rose Fulton, today for help with your purchase, refinance, construction, or home loan. We're there for all your mortgage needs because we're your bank for life. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. This is the Pepsi that your father drank and your grandfather drank. When I was your age, we were. This is the Pepsi that your Uncle Ted drank when rock sounded like this. This is the Pepsi for American pastimes. Whether you're tailgating at a speedway or courtside watching your favorite player make a breakaway, he scores! 
is the Pepsi for those who are forever fun. This is the Pepsi for every generation. Known for its personalized service and friendliness, the environment at the Johnson City Country Club is comfortable, casual, and inviting. One of the greatest assets is the beautiful clubhouse. From the sweeping verandas, the fireplace in the massive ballroom, to our intimate private dining rooms to our 19th hole. The clubhouse accommodates all desires. For decades, the Johnson City Country Club has been host to numerous wedding receptions, business meetings, golf outings, and an array of social functions. The setting is ideal for any event in any season. Whether your function is large or small, your guests will enjoy a fine dining experience with professional, courteous attention. The Johnson City Country Club, a tradition since 19. No one knows better than the Bucks what it takes to compete on the college level. No one knows better than Bullseye what it takes to compete in the business market. At Bullseye, we provide innovative products and services to help our customers meet their business objectives, and you can count on us for graphic design, printing, mailing services, and much more. Bullseye, a preferred partner of the ETSU Athletic Department. Call Bullseye in Johnson City at 423-283-7772 or visit us on Hanover Road near Cheddar's. Bullseye for all your printing needs. Jay Sandos, Mike Gallagher, I think I'm fully recovered. Yeah, that actually, you know, I'm feeling actually pretty good after that. I don't yeah, know what it is. A couple uh, weeks ago I was feeling a little sapped of energy. I actually feel all right now. I don't know what it is. Maybe it was, maybe he was less angry. He was certainly louder each week, I think, which is impressive. So I'm going to write a number down. Okay. And you're going to tell me over under on the phrase, and then I will tell. Well, don't, t- don't tell yeah, me. Not, okay, good. Cause that I'm, was, not, okay. I'm not telling him what it is. Eight. This is, you're going, oof. I'm going with eight. Oof. For I was, was going to go six. The phrase. And okay, all right. It's Trey, for Trey Adams. And Trey, we've, we've, we're, we're playing a game. Trey Cephas. Okay. And that's our numbers uh, for, I guess I should put an M by the eight. In a, there you go. I've showed we're not telling you the what folks is, that are actually watching online. We will tell the people listening a little later. And you're going to go top 25, ready, go. Okay, so this week in the top 25, six top 25 teams fell. Uh, we'll start, of course, with wow. the uh, rankings. Number one, North Dakota State, no surprise. They remain at 6-0 and and number one, all 161st place votes. They picked up a victory 34-7 over Western Illinois uh, last week. Number two, South Dakota State, 4-1, and uh, picking up a 36-7 victory over the Penguins of Youngstown State. Uh, number three, Kennesaw State, they stay at number three, picking up a victory over Gardner-Webb, 56-7, of course. Uh, number four, James Madison at five and two. They were tied for sixth. Uh, the previous week picked up a 37-0 shutout victory over Villanova. And then to round out the top five, Jacksonville State, five and one. They were number eight last week, picking up the victory over Eastern Illinois, 49-22. to Trey, let's uh, pause right okay. there. Thank okay. you. That's top five. I want to talk about James Madison. Firstly, two losses, number four. Now, I get that one of them was to North Carolina State. Right who are still undefeated, and we looked at North Carolina State's schedule uh, just after the weekend, either yesterday or Sunday, and it is, yes, fraudulent. But the fact that any team 
is undefeated at the FBS level. And James Madison really might be the best team that they've played. Just looking at their schedule, they, I think it was 24-13 oh, was can, the final. Can you do me one favor? Sure. Can you have this take when we have Robert Harper on? Oh, is he just big NC State guy? No, he's a Marshall. He's a Marshall graduate. Oh, right. But he's, he's from he's Marshall, from right. Huntington, right. and they won in there. So right. remember, he had the uh, I have to go home to uh, oh, work a game, right. and he went to that right. game. So. Yeah, clearly. I just want you to say fraudulent like in front of him, so he could. Okay, go. Uh, continuing with the top ten here, number six McNeese sitting at five and one. They had a bye week, and we'll start with the upsets here. Number seven Weber State. Uh, last week they took on number four Eastern Washington, picking up a very Big victory, 14-6. to They were ranked 13th last week, uh, one of the highest teams to enter the top ten. Uh, and then we move on to number eight, Illinois State, the Redbirds. Uh, last week, a huge victory over Southern Illinois, 51-3. to They also uh, cracked the top ten. Eastern Washington, of course, 5-2, and two, uh, coming off of that 14-6 loss to Weber State. And rounding out the top ten would be UC Davis, 44-37 to 37 overtime victory over Idaho State. They were sitting at 14th last week. They round out the top 10. Any big surprises in the top 10 for you guys? Well, I, I want to go back to my James Madison take because I didn't really finish it. Two losses and number four. And I get that the two losses were quality opponents. I get the James Madison. We talk about it every week, and you talked about it earlier in the show, perception, history, a consistent success on the field, and a tradition of winning. I understand that. But I'm a little upset, you know, that they're number four. They, they jump, what, two spots this week? And a lot has to do with the teams that uh, lose around you and things like that. But maybe maybe there's just – I always want to think with the FCS poll, maybe there's just not as much movement as I anticipate. But then you see James Madison jump two spots after losing the week before. I don't know, Jay. I, the, the movement is inconsistent for me. Well, the, so a good example is Towson. So Towson was not in the top 25 to start the year. You love Towson. And, well, and they've they've rolled uh, to a five and one mark as well, and they're just now up to thirteen. And so they've they just beat Elon, who had just beaten. Uh, but to show you how much love they still don't have, Elon is still two in front of them. And by the transit property, right? They should they're right now they're in the standings a little better than James Madison, but yet James Madison is fourth in the country. So that's just how it always is, right? Drops if Alabama loses to somebody, guess what? Alabama drops a couple. Because nobody cares, because everybody knows Alabama's. They're still be, making the playoff in Central right. Florida. Gonna, gonna, yep, that's right. It. That's it. So that's sort of how it worked. But Towson's a good example of a team that was in ETSU spot. So ETSU, I think, if they could beat Wofford on the road at Wofford, that's when you'll see the biggest jump. Now you're still polls. It's tough to jump eight, ten spots. I mean, just doesn't happen a lot. So, but you would see a, a five, six, seven, seven spot. Uh, jump and you'd get ETSU from in the stats poll at least the one we're referring to right now where they're 21st you could see them uh, I think inside the top 15 and again some of that still depends if all those other teams win you still could jump some but you're not going to jump as high so you do need a little bit of a couple teams in the middle of course one of them being Wofford at 12 dropping a couple of lose and then you could you could leapfrog there but next week would be the biggest jump that ETSU would have if they beat Wofford. It's on you Trey. So speaking of the Elon Phoenix last week they fell to the unranked Delaware Blue Hens. I'm going to give you this one. Love the Blue Hens. There's one. I, I think I know what you all had the number for. Cheater. <laughs> You're a cheater. You, you, he went on and looked. He peaked. Come no, on. I had That's an no idea. Fun. I had an idea <coughs> of what you all were going to talk about. But mm-hmm. moving on to number 12, the Wofford Terriers making uh, losing, actually, to Furman 34-14. They get the Buccaneers this week, which I fully expect ETSU to win 56 nothing. Of course, you got to believe. 
And then uh, number 13, Towels and the Tigers. Can you hit Love. the button on the hot take? <laughs> there we go. <laughs> you need to alert yourself. that. You just hot taked yourself uh, with a 56 nothing prediction. I love the hot takes. bucks over Terriers. I, I love I, the hot I, I think that's, yeah, hey, I'm on board. <laughs> I, well done, Trey. Keep going. Uh, number 13, Towels and Love the Tigers as well. There's number two. Uh, last week they picked up the win over William and Mary. And no, Joe Flacco did not play for Towels, and that was Todd. Good fact check. Yeah, boy. Uh, number 14, Sam Houston State, sitting at 4-2, and two, picking up the victory over Northwestern State. Number 15, Central Arkansas. And we'll kind of crank through this. Number 16, Maine. Of course, they defeated Rhode Island, 38-36. Rhode Island, number 16 last week. They fell uh, close to out of the top 25. Uh, number 17, Colgate, one of the few remaining FCS Undefeated unbeaties. And 17. No luck. Oh, no, again, brutal. they're not been there. That's no what it is. You've got to be kidding what me. It is. Greatest Popularity toothpaste ever. Yeah. And then number 18, Stony Brook. Uh, Stony Brook sitting with a 35-7 win over New Hampshire last week. North Carolina A&T, probably one of the biggest surprises. They lost to unranked Florida A&M 22-21. They were ranked in the top 10. They dropped to number 19. Uh, of course, Nichols, they lost last week to Abilene Christian. They dropped from number 11 to number 20. ETSU jumping up two spots after the three-point victory over the Citadel. Of course, Rhode Island, after they were ranked 16th last week, they fell to 22nd. Uh, with the 38-36 loss to Maine. Another unbeaten. Princeton, 5-0, and picked up a 48-10 win over Brown. Number 24, Delaware, they jump in the top 25 after the win over Elon. And Northern Iowa jumps in the top 25 after picking up the win over South Dakota. That is a look at your top 25 this week. Let me get this straight. Number 19, what was it, North Carolina A&T, the drop from 10 to 19? Yes. yes. They drop nine spots. ETSU wins on the road against a historically fantastic Citadel team. They climb two spots. Kiss my well, rear it, It's It's always easier to drop than to climb. <laughs> We've been climbing the whole year. I can't believe Colgate is 6-0 and at number 17. Uh, now, if you put it in that perspective, Colgate 6-0 and at number 17, then I'm all right with ETSU being number 21 at 6-1. and But the a lot I of mean, the other – I mean, Towson was 4-1 and at 17 last week. And again, those are three teams that. What am I? Where, where am I? Where's my problem here? Is it that I'm used to early on when polls are just coming out early in the season, teams are going like 12 spots up, 15 spots down because one game can change perception so much? Like, is it, is it because a team looks so bad? Am I used to just the FBS poll? How much different is the FBS poll than the FCS poll? Where am I going wrong? I mean, here's a good example. Look, watch how Kentucky moves up and down the top 25. And that, that's a good. Why is that? Because it's yeah, exactly. relative. No, nobody. It took them to win like their fifth game to get in the top twenty-five. And then they're going to plummet. Yeah, and then it immediately out. Lost Mississippi State, gone. Never heard of any team that has blue so. in it is going to go way up and way down. I don't there you are. You know, when you get a basketball, people just see the basketball. That's what I got so. up in a second. All right, who we got? Uh, Brian McLaughlin next week yes. uh, or tomorrow? tomorrow. Uh, Hero Sports. We got him. We got Lando's Land. Uh, is Trey coming back for another Bucks segment? Bucks by Trey. Yeah, bites yeah. by Trey. Yeah, whatever it Bucks is. Bucks by Bites. So we'll have that. But excited to talk to Brian. Excited to talk to Lando. We'll be back tomorrow. More Sanderson the Sidekick on the Bucket Sports Network. <laughs>